0: Welcome to the Get Your Donut Podcast. We're here to exchange our consumeristic Christianity for a life fully surrendered to Christ, and to never let our faith be as simple as grabbing coffee and a donut in the lobby. Let's do this. Well hello everybody and welcome to the Get Your Donut podcast. I'm your host Noah Reed and I'm super glad you're here listening. Uh, today we've got an exciting topic, one uh, that I'm passionate about that I, I'm excited to jump in on and that is the idea and the allure of self-improvement. What I mean by uh, self-improvement is uh, it's it's easily explained. It's it's improving ourselves. It's It's Feeling the need for personal development. I think that we live in a culture of self-improvement. Um, and what I mean is, is that we've developed a a society that causes us to feel uh, a need to improve ourselves or uh, causes us to feel that it is vital to our belonging to community in some way to... Uh, personally develop ourselves or make ourselves better, uh, in, in some way or some aspect of our life. So maybe, uh, personal development or self-improvement, I'll use those interchangeably uh, on this episode, but maybe it's skill-based. Um, so maybe it's, it's in sports. Right. Uh, This is an easy analogy to to recognize that if you're an athlete and you want to get better, that that we would call that self-improvement. We call that personal development. Um, But it could be like talent based, too. So maybe you're a great cook uh, or you love to bake or you're a good gardener or something like that. And we want to improve those skills and get better at those talents uh, or skills that we've acquired. Um, But personal development can also be leadership based. Um, and so, you know, there's thousands and thousands of books on leadership and whether we're uh, developing our conflict resolution abilities or we're improving ourselves and our ability to cast vision or we're becoming a better team builder, whatever that might look like uh, in leadership, that's another way that this can happen. Um, this also help happens uh, in our health and habits. So uh, whether it's eating or exercising or sleeping uh, as far as our personal health, or maybe we want to improve ourselves through habits and so we start waking up before our kids or we stop eating after 8 p.m., things like that. Uh, that all seek to improve ourselves in some way. Maybe it, it could be vocationally as well. So whatever your role or job might be, um, maybe we find an allure or an attraction to improve ourselves vocationally. Uh, and I want to talk about <clears throat> how uh, this culture and this idea in culture uh, is impacting us. Um, and, and we'll start with what it gets right, what is good in in the culture of self-improvement. Uh, and then we'll shift to, to where should we be careful, or even where, where does self-improvement go wrong? Um, but let's start with what it gets right, because I think there, there is a lot of good uh, when we talk about self-improvement. I think that um, it comes from a good heart of, of longing to make the best of what we've been given or become the best that we can be, and I think that those are really good, really important things. And so we'll, we'll start there, I would say, if we're going to think biblically, about self-improvement, if we use the Bible as our lens to evaluate uh, this sort of philosophy or idea from the world, then we would have to say that that self-improvement gets right uh, the ideas and practices of, of diligence, faithfulness, and hard work. And so I think uh, scripturally, if we're going to pull some some references, the Proverbs are chock full of, of diligence and hard work, but I think of Proverbs 13, 4, that says the soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing, while the soul of the diligent is richly supplied. So simply put, the person who is lazy wants to get better or wants something but doesn't get it because they're lazy. But the person who's diligent and hardworking is richly supplied because they've they've put their hand to the plow, if you will. Or Proverbs twenty-one five it says the plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance, but everyone who is hasty comes to poverty. And so I think you see the idea of faithfulness here, right? The person who is faithful over a long period of time in the little things will have abundance, but the person who is who's kind of flighty or flaky, they they end up in poverty. Um, Psalm ninety verse seventeen says, "Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands upon us." Yes, establish the work of our hands, right? And so so there's there's this idea that that the Lord wants to bless our hard work or we can ask god to bless our hard work uh, and and on that too proverbs 14:23 says in all toil there is profit but mere talk ends only to poverty or tends only to poverty again saying that in in hard work in toil There is a benefit to those things. There's a profit to those things. The Lord will bless that type of work and that type of diligence, but simply talking about it, being lazy, uh, being a sluggard, as Proverbs would say, it it ends with poverty or it ends with us being in want. Um, And so uh, I think you see, again, diligence, faithfulness, hard work all over scripture, things that are really key and important to to self-improvement. Um, I, I think too, uh, self improvement culture calls us and challenges us to use our talents to the best of our ability for the glory of, of God. I would say, if you're a Christian, it, it should be for the glory of God. But really, self improvement culture is is calling you to to better yourself, to better your talent, to to take what you've been given and to and to improve upon it, to maximize it. And I think that that in a lot of ways, I think that's biblical, right? I think of uh, Matthew twenty five. Verse 14 to 30, I'll I'll read and I know we're starting off with a bunch of scripture here and we'll we'll unpack it kind of all at once. But verse 14 to 30 of Matthew 25 says, For it will be like a young man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them and he made five talents more. going to have the time on this episode to dive into all the little uh, pockets of of context and whatnot in this parable. But what we see in here is the idea that God has given us each uh, things that we steward. Uh, So whether that be money, whether it actually be talents, whether it be um, a family or uh, relationships or a home, we, we are stewards of the things that God has given us. And he expects us to care for those things with good stewardship. And so I would say, uh, how does this relate to self-improvement? Well, God has given you talents and skills and gifts and passions. He's implanted those in you. For a lot of us, deep in, in our hearts, we have these passions and, and, and drive and, and gifts that he's given us that he longs for us to maximize that he's given to us to to cultivate and to develop under his guidance and, and for his glory. And so he longs for us to improve upon those things. And so where self-improvement helps us glorify God is that it calls us and challenges us to be the best that we can be, to, to grow and maximize our talent, to grow and maximize our gift, to recognize what we bring to the table. And then to make the most of that and make a big deal, uh, I would say, make a big deal about what God has done for you, right? Use your gift to make a big deal about what God has done for you. And I also think of 1 Peter 4, 7 to 11, it says, the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sins show hospitality to one another without grumbling and then verse 10 this is key here it says as each has received a gift use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace verse 11 whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies in order that in everything God might be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. What we see right here, verse 10, I, I love this passage so much, is that our gifts are, Peter says, uh, are God's varied grace to us. So the gifts that you have, again, financial, what your possessions, your talents, uh, those are God's varied grace to you. It is God's grace to you that you have these gifts. And so we should be good stewards of them, right? Stewardship. I think that's what we're we're talking about. If, if we're given gifts and we don't do anything with it, we don't improve upon it. We don't maximize it. We don't use it for the for the utmost glory of God. We have not been a good steward of what God's given us. However, what this verse points out and what we'll get into as we get deeper into the episode is that all of this, is for the glory of Jesus Christ, right? Even uh, verse 11, whoever speaks as one who speaks from God, whoever serves as one who serves with the strength that God supplies. So it says, use your gift to serve one another, be a good steward of what God's given you, glorify God and do it as if God has given you that gift. So maximize your gift as if God is actually the one who gave it to you, because he is. And so live that out accordingly. Um, I, think, I think another thing uh, that self-improvement uh, culture gets right, if you will, personal development culture, is, is it calls us, it challenges us, again, to, to gain wisdom from others and to learn from those around us. And so uh, you'll see a lot of, of book reading, a lot of uh, conference attending, a lot of video watching and learning and learning, uh, and, and that's how we improve ourselves. And I think that that would be biblical to an extent as well that we should be gaining wisdom and learning from those around us. Proverbs 18.1 says, Whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire, and he breaks out against all sound judgment. So for us to say, God's given me this gift, and it's within me to figure out how to best use it, and I don't need help from anybody else, would be foolish, according to scripture. That we, when we isolate ourselves, that says we're concerned about ourselves, and we're breaking out against all sound judgment like everything everything that would be wise judgment and decision making says include other people in your decision making surround yourself with people who care about you so when we isolate ourselves uh we we break out against sound judgment again the idea that we should be learning from those around us i think is is key and pivotal to uh self improvement and personal development and culture but i think that's because it's it's a deeply biblical principle that we should be humble enough to be learning from those around us. And so this is where I would say personal development, self-improvement is a good thing. It is glorifying to God. It is beneficial to us as human beings, so long as it teaches us diligence, faithfulness, and hard work, so long as it calls us to use our talent to the best of our ability for the glory of God, And so long as it allows us and and gives us the opportunity and the encouragement to gain wisdom and to learn from other people around us. However, there are some dangerous pitfalls, in my opinion, with self-improvement and with personal development. And so I want to talk for a second about where it might go wrong. Uh, and, And when I say wrong, these are really areas that we should just be careful of. I think it would be uh, foolish again to to say blanket statement. Man, self improvement culture is wrong. Personal development is wrong. However, there are things that we need to be wary of when we're when we're thinking through life with a biblical lens. Again, we're not we're not just floating through life, right? Consuming what's put around us. We want to think critically about the way that we engage uh, with our life. And so, uh, the first area where I would say we should be careful with self improvement culture is when it impacts the way that we value ourselves or value other people. Um, And and what I mean is that our worth as human beings, uh, you, your family, your friends, me, every, every human being, our value, our worth does not come from our skills, our habits, our vocation, our leadership abilities. It doesn't come from those things. Our value comes strictly from the fact that we were made and loved by God. And so our value is actually determined by God, not by ourselves. You see, he is the creator. We are the created. And so the created cannot uh, change our value in, in the actual economy, right? Now, we might amongst the created beings as we interact with one another we might determine this person might be more valuable than that person but in in what i would say god's economy and in a a heavenly mindset we cannot make ourselves any more valuable than we already are we cannot make ourselves any less valuable than we already are right our value our worth as human beings comes from the fact that god made us and god loves us And so when we begin to see people's worth, yourself included, and we begin to evaluate that based on their skills, based on their habits, based on their vocation, based on their leadership, as opposed to basing their value on the fact that God made them and God loves them, now we've stepped away from viewing life through a biblical and gospel mindset. When we begin to treat other people differently or to look at other people differently based on whether or not they've improved themselves or they're developing or they're growing or, or what they're doing with their life, as opposed to the fact that we can recognize that wherever somebody is, God sees them and loves them exactly as they are. And that's true for ourselves as well. So I would say that's the first area to be careful of is when we allow self-improvement culture to impact the way that we value ourselves or to value others. Right When we begin to look at ourselves and to get down on ourselves for not being good enough or for not being better enough or for not improving in this way, and we start to actually think that we're less than because of those things, that's a dangerous pitfall. It's not biblical. Right. The other thing will be when we do the same thing to other people. So maybe you have improved a lot. Maybe you've grown a lot, and you look around at the people around you, and you feel like they're not growing, and all of a sudden you're treating them as less than or you're thinking about them as less than. That's a dangerous pitfall. Again, it's not biblical. The second area we should be careful with when it comes to self-improvement culture is, that, uh, is when our identity becomes placed in something other than Jesus. So self-improvement, personal development, I think they're a threat to finding our identity in Christ because again, our culture, our society, our world is really wrapped up in you right now. Like it, Our society is set up so that you should make your life about you. Uh, especially in a, in America, it's a lot about you pulling yourself up by your bootstraps and getting it done. And all of a sudden we stop thinking of ourselves as a child of God first, but now I'm a leader first, or even worse, like now I'm a husband first, or I'm a salesman first. And this happens slowly over time where, where we begin to improve ourselves or develop in this way, or we get a promotion or whatever it might be. And all of a sudden, something has slowly replaced our identity of belonging to Jesus because now we think we've somehow developed ourselves into something. I got myself here. Right? And so whatever that thing is, that becomes where I place my value and my identity. And slowly over time, my own identity becomes a form of idolatry. And how I define myself becomes based on my own interpretation of reality rather than what God has dictated to me. Which is that I'm a I'm a child of God first. I'm I'm created by God. I'm I'm dependent upon God. And we're gonna get to that. In a second but the danger is that we begin to put our identity in in areas that are not jesus and so we we again we place value and worth in things outside of jesus because we think they give us value and worth when again our value is dictated by god and our identity is that we are his and so when we change where we get our value we change where we get our identity Again, we, we're walking away from a biblical view of ourselves and from other people. And I think that that leads into the third area that I think we need to be really careful about uh, and because I think this is so subtle yet so dangerous. Um, I think self-improvement, personal development go wrong in that they cause us to forget our need of the gospel. Christianity is a daily dependence on something bigger than you, something more powerful than you, Something better than you. And when we begin to place our value in development and our identity and improvement, we quickly forget how dependent we are. And I think, specifically in an American culture, right? Dependence is, is seen as weakness. The underdog who pulls himself up by his bootstraps and works hard every day until they made it big. Like, that's the American dream, right? That's the self improvement culture's marketing story, if you will. And it causes us so quickly to forget that in everything, we're completely dependent upon Jesus Christ because uh, uh, we are so prone to want to live in our own strength and according to our own wisdom. And where Christianity calls us to be utterly dependent, we as a society strive to value independence and strength. And so we begin to see the fact that we need Jesus as weakness. When when reality, is, Scripture says, uh, our worldview, as Christians would say, uh, that, that strength, God's strength, is made perfect in our weakness and that we ought to boast in our weakness because they're not just areas for us to improve ourselves. They're opportunities for Christ to show himself to the world around us. And so when we become less dependent upon Jesus because we think we've made it or we're now enough, that's a dangerous place for us to be. I think a practical example of this, how do you know, right? If you're asked the question, well, how do I know where my dependence lies? Uh, what is your ratio of planning to praying is the question. And I'm so guilty of this, but aren't are we not so quick to jump in and plan before we are uh, quick to pray? and i think that that practically shows right that if you're planning it's because you believe you have to get it done if you're praying it's because you know that god can get it done and and we would all say well of course we have to plan and and it's true but again it's a ratio it's a balance right are are you are you praying first are you praying more or are you completely just taking it on in your own strength right because again self improvement personal development they cause us to forget our need of jesus to forget our need of the gospel and this is where we see it seep into our faith and our churches as well. It's, it's when our churches and our faith, they become more focused on what we do and how we're improving and what's on our to-do list next than they do on the person and the work of Jesus Christ. So if if our focus on marriage, if we're teaching on marriage as a church or we're walking through a marriage study or, or we're trying to, to build a marriage ministry— and if our focus becomes all on practical do, do, do this, do this, do that, adopt this practice and uh, instill this rhythm, all of a sudden have we forgotten that our marriage is completely in the hands of the one who designed marriage, that that left to your own devices, your marriage would fail except for the fact that God has instituted marriage for the benefit of mankind, for his own glory. And so when we when we focus on marriage as Christians, and we get so wrapped up in the you need to do this and do this and do this to have a great marriage, instead of just remembering that that you need Jesus and He has to be the center of your marriage, He has to be the center of your marriage, or or it's going to be rough and bumpy to say the least. Right? Another way of, if if our focus on impacting or reaching other people, so maybe it's evangelism, maybe it's just the way that we influence other people. If that's all. Uh, in our churches, what we're talking about, if it's all strategy and tools and planning, right? Again, maybe we've forgotten to pray or we've forgotten that only God can change a heart. And so uh, in our church, right, as we evangelize, as we seek to impact our communities, are we taking it all upon ourselves to do this? Have we forgotten that, that our churches are completely dependent upon Jesus to reach the community that our churches do not grow at our own uh, work but at the at the hand of God right I think another example too would when, when we would think that our faith is that that being a good Christian is about getting your life together and having the image of a perfect put together life and and then we teach about how to achieve that. When we get focused on that and Christianity becomes like a, a cute lifestyle that we want and and our churches focus on like how you can have a Hobby Lobby Christian life as well as opposed to, to our churches just coming back and being focused on the fact of, of who Jesus is and what he's done for us. This is where self-improvement seeps into and and I would say poisons, begins to poison our churches. Again, it it focuses on practical do, do, do. It focuses on strategy and tools and planning. It it focuses on uh, the image that you want to achieve as opposed to being radically focused and centered upon the person and work of Jesus, upon who he is and what he's done for us. It's when self-improvement culture, personal development, in our churches and in our lives tries to take the place of the gospel because self-improvement culture says, I need to get better. It says, I can improve myself. I have the power to change me, right? I can be disciplined enough. Scripture says, Jesus is enough. He will improve you or sanctify you, or he will make himself known through your weaknesses. And he's going to do it how he wants and when he wants. Scripture says, you, you might be able to improve your habits, but you actually can't earn your love from God. You actually can't earn your salvation. You can't make yourself better enough. You can't add value to yourself. You can't take away value for yourself. I think, I think the major uh, difference we see in self-improvement or personal development and the gospel is that self-improvement again and again puts us at the center But the Bible and the gospel puts Jesus at the center always. And this is why I call this the false gospel of self-improvement. Because self-improvement culture dangerously convinces us that our value and our identity and our dependence come from ourselves. And what we do and how we've improved and what we've done with that and where we've worked hard. And the gospel says that our value and our identity and our dependence are completely upon Christ. And when we lose the heart of the gospel and we forget how important it is to just show up to God in all of our brokenness, exactly where we are, and, and just say, God, this is it. This is all I have. We rob ourselves of that community with God. When we begin to think that we have to clean ourselves up for God or that we have to be working or improving ourselves for God, like that's not the gospel. And we rob ourselves of, of the amazing community with God that Jesus has given us through his work on the cross, but we also rob ourselves of that community with one another. The church, capital C church, the body of Christ ought to be the most beautiful picture of gospel community. But what happens is that personal betterment and development leads us to image management. It leads us to uh, putting up this facade where you see the Noah that I want you to see. And now all all I'm doing in my relationship with you is working on putting up this nice picture of Noah so that you think Noah's improved himself, Noah's developing, Noah's growing. As opposed to showing up to Tuesday night Bible study just completely broken. And saying, this is where my marriage is suffering, or this is where I'm, I'm struggling as a parent, or this is what I'm battling right now, or this is a sin I can't let go of. But because we get so convinced that we ought to be improving ourselves, we then convince ourselves, well, because I can't improve myself except for at the hand of God, well, I must put up this image that I'm improving myself. And so we lose out on gospel community, not only with God, but with each other. We lose out on the amazing opportunity to be images of the gospel and of Jesus Christ to one another and to receive that for ourselves. What an amazing and rich opportunity it is to show up in a group of Christians completely broken and to have them love you and accept you exactly as you are. But the problem is that gospel community and image management cannot coexist. As long as we're fully honest, we we can improve, we can build on that. But if we're concerned about constantly improving ourselves and then causing other people to think that we're improving ourselves, it's very difficult to rest in the fact that we're only enough because Jesus is enough. And that because Jesus is enough, we ought to love one another equally, no matter where anybody's at in our journey. And again, I think this is some of the big difference between what I would say discipleship and development discipleship is is faith-based i I mean it's it's rooted in the following of jesus and growing as his follower so it's adopting the commands the attributes the rhythms of jesus with the goal of of glorifying jesus benefiting the body of christ it it makes us holy along the way but here's the thing with discipleship it's not very glorious like (laughs) anybody who's followed jesus for a long time would tell you it's it's not very glorious it requires again diligence Faithfulness, hard work. But it's not glorious. It's not seen by many people. It's it's not like it's not very Instagrammable. It's not uh the the great Christians even that we think of now today, uh many of them, if you're reading books or autobiographies, like their their discipleship path wasn't seen by many people for a long time discipleship is is not very glorious however self-improvement self-development is often based in our own skills our own strengths and and at the end of the day a lot of it is to better serve ourselves we long to improve our business or our relationships or our ability to lead or we long to deal with conflict better because it makes our life easier it makes our life better or it gets me the promotion i want or it increases my status Ideally, right, at the end of the day, ideally self-improvement is, is for the glory of God. But often we engage in it because it, it improves our life. It improves us. And this is glorious, right? Somehow in our world, when we make it about us, Satan Satan's twisted, uh, diligence faithfulness and hard work into an an egocentric moment where you where you can uh whatever share your metrics share your status your statistics and make it this glorious thing about how you've improved yourself and all of a sudden you're giving yourself the credit and yourself the glory and satan is just loving it because you've you've ripped all of that away from the lord and so this is where where self-improvement's dangerous again is that it causes you to to believe that on your own skills, on your own strength, you've better served yourself in some way than what Jesus was doing for you. Uh, and, it's, and it's easy and it's attractive because our, our world loves it and it's glorious. As we, as we wrap up, I, just a question that I would ask you to think about as you engage in self-improvement, because again, at its core, at its core, it's a great thing. It's very biblical. But as we engage with it in the way that our world has twisted it and Satan's perverted it, the question uh, that I I would ask you to evaluate your self-improvement practices or your personal development is is how does your self-improvement interact with your time and walk with Christ? Is your personal development positively impacting your walk with Jesus, positively impacting your family? Is it bringing glory to the priorities that God has given you? Or is your self-improvement inhibiting your walk and, and your time with Christ? Is, is the fact that, that you feel like waking up earlier in the morning uh, is, is going to make you a better person, does that cause you to miss out on your quiet time? Does, does uh, improving yourself as a salesman or uh, whatever vocation you might be, does it, does it cause you to ignore your family? Are you leaving behind God-given priorities in order to improve yourself? These are some of the questions that we should think through uh, to, to know that, that uh, biblically, if we're going to engage in diligence, and faithfulness, and hard work, and wisdom, that, that as we engage in those things with a biblical mindset, we're going to always uphold the priorities that God has set in place, right? So are the tactics and the tips that you're learning, are they in alignment with scripture? Are, 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 is what you're learning the way that you're growing, does it line up with how scripture calls you to live? Right again are you an amazing business leader but you don't have time for your family are you a, a a phenomenal counselor but you don't listen to your spouse I don't know these are these are just random examples of of ways in which we might be improving ourselves developing ourselves and yet forgetting our our not only our need of the gospel but also the God-given priorities that he's given to us I think we we have to remember as Christians as followers of Jesus that that Jesus is at the forefront of everything that the gospel is central to who we are. That our identity is that, is, is, is that we belong to Jesus. We've been bought with a price. We are his. And as we strive to better ourselves, right? Are we just trying to fit in? Are we just trying to manage our image? Are we actually seeking to grow deeper into the person that God wants us to be? Because it, it can be unglorious, right? Most of the time it won't be seen by anyone except for God. But the eternal reward is what we're after and in the, in the faithfulness, right? The long obedience in the same direction of saying, Jesus, 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 our life must be Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Get Your Donut Podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And if you liked what you heard, rate the show and leave us a review. That helps other people find us and it lets us know how you feel about it. I hope you have an awesome day and that you never settle for anything less than all in with Jesus.